This is Bustin' Loose Baseball with Grant and Danny. Interviews, analytics, and analysis on everything baseball in the nation's capital. Welcome into Bustin' Loose Baseball, episode 20. Let's begin with a doubleheader sweep at the hands of the Seattle Mariners. Good news, bad news here, Danny. Let's start with the the good news, which was that Juan Soto in both ends of the doubleheader homer to the ninth inning, something that had not happened in baseball in well over a decade. The first of the two home runs, he went to left center field on a slider at the top of the strike zone. The second of the two home runs in game two should land sometime in the next week or so. One of the most prodigious gone-off-the-bat home runs I've ever seen live at Nats Park. I stood up and yelled. I, I just said the letter instead of the word because I was in public. But I said, get the F out at the top of my lungs. He hit it 18 million miles an hour. The ball was harmed. It actually was 112 miles an hour off the bat and about 450 feet. But my God, was that a tater trot. I mean, by the time it had cleared the wall, Juan Soto had already had a, a nice little delivery with the catcher. Strange thing afoot there, by the way. I don't know what was going on. Both ends of the doubleheader. A lot of chatter. It seemed fairly amiable. It didn't seem too contentious. Nobody or, was angry. Yeah. They don't play the Mariners again, so I, I don't think it's an issue. It was something, though, There was right? laughter. There, Yes, there, I thought he was talking with the umpire the entire day. I think to some extent he was, but he was all to the catchers, and right after the home run, you're right, I've never seen this. He, like, turns around and says something, but there was no, like, standing up and beefing. He just kind of starts jogging. He gets back to home plate. No one seems to be upset at him. Another little combo happens. I just imagine, like, you know, I hope Brian McCann's okay, wherever he is, having to witness something like that, just the horror in his own home. I would hate to think what he would have done. I mean, hide the sharp object. Yeah. Just make sure no one, when they show the highlights, like, and if your name is Brian and or McCann, please turn away. This will be very graphic. But but back to the point. Juan Soto was locked in. Juan Soto is astonishing. That, you know, home runs in the ninth inning of both ends of the doubleheader. I think only a handful of guys in history have ever done that. You don't get that many opportunities over the course of uh, of a year to do it. But, man, oh, man, the first one, taking a slider, being able to wait back and just flicking his wrists and, and knocking it into the bullpen and left center field, ridiculously impressive. But then there's the just reacting to a fastball up and in, shades of the World Series homer off Justin Verlander where he carried his bat a la Alex Bregman over to first base. Just an absolute nuke. Just, I get I, I rerun out of superlatives for how, you know, how good this dude is. And what people don't quite appreciate, I think, and we try to hammer this point home, Jeeps, is to be able to do it and see so few hittable pitches. Everybody knows that they're trying to pitch around you. Everybody knows that you are the target. Everyone knows that Nelson Cruz behind you is quite simply not protecting you. I'm going to go after Nelson Cruz until he stops hitting week three hop ground balls to my shortstop, right? And that is for the indefinite future. Juan Soto ain't going to be the guy that beats me. You get these rare opportunities when you're up, you know, you're if you're Juan Soto, you're down five or you're a solo uh, the home run away from it being a one-score game as it was in the ninth inning. You're not going to get too many pitches to hit. And to be able to do damage with those things, still remain patient, take the walks at, at a, a 30% clip, which is what he did, uh, which is what he's done so far in the month of July. It's just ridiculous. It's so, so hard to do. And he's doing it. He extended his hitting streak and his on base streak uh, in both of the games of the doubleheader, obviously. And he extended his hitting streak in the final at bat of both of those games with those home runs in the ninth inning, which is dramatic and awesome. One for four with the Bolton game two, ninth inning home run. Now 15 games, longest in the big leagues that he's had a hit, and 21 games on base, which we'll get to in a second. Actually, I think it's 22. We'll get to that in a second. 
Uh, I'm going to read from the Nationals postgame notes here. During the streak, he is 20 for 50. That's a 400 batting average over 15 games. Four doubles, five homers, 10 batted in, 16 walks, and 16 runs scored. Uh, he has reached base in 22 consecutive games. That's also the longest streak of his career now. 76 walks leads to Major League Baseball this season. Second most first half walks in Nationals franchise history behind Bryce Harper, who had 78 in 2018. Remember, that was the year, I think, where everyone just started walking him because he was on a tear. Yep, going not he, you. He never got a hit again, pretty much, after that, which that's what's amazing about Soto. Is that's he's the Joe able Madden to, bit, right? To somehow do both. What did, did Harper walk 13 times, 14 times in a series against the Cubs? Was, was it that many? I, it was I think it was every at bat. Joe Madden said, I, I don't care. It's not going to be you. I was thinking it was single digits, but that's even crazier. Man, uh, maybe I made that number up. Maybe I've hyped it up over the years, like my, my Little League home in run 10 totals. years, Bryce Harper walked 50 <laughs> times in a series against the Cubs. 100 walks. Eric Fetty, quick shout-out. Five and a third innings, only the one strikeout, but he allowed six hits and two earned runs. Pretty good start for him. Good bounce back for him. I was hoping he was going to get a QS, but didn't happen because he didn't quite finish the sixth inning. How about this, though? Sixth time this season the Nats have not scored a run while he was on the mound. Think about that. Yeah. Eric Fetty, man, six times they haven't scored a run while he's on the mound. He's allowed three or fewer runs in 14 of his 18 starts. 14 starts now lead the Nationals. Been a bit of a workhorse for them. Eric Fetty has really bad outings, and in the end, his numbers because of that are never going to be great over the course of the season. He also has a lot of very solid outings. Like He has now become a prototypical back-of-the-rotation type starter. When, when you have, through 18 starts... Three earned runs or less in 14 of them, and that's over an 18-start span. Like That's a pretty big deal. He's had two, and I would say maybe three starts this year. Maybe. I'll, I'll, I'll call it two, but maybe it's two and a half. You want to you split the difference. Where the team has just had no chance. Right? It's just, you know, you give up eight runs in three innings as he did in Atlanta. That game is over, you know, before the team has gone through the order one time. Uh, early in the season, he had another start against Arizona, I think, where he just got shelled, gave up you know seven runs through three and a third. Your team's got no chance. Other than that, as you go over the course of, uh, of his starts this season, 18, 16 of his 18 starts, I'm not saying they've been excellent. I'm not saying these are you know, Max Scherzer-like gems. These are not Picassos you're, you're hanging in the, in the museum. But the team has had a chance to win. And for a guy that's not an ace, and he's not, that's all you can ask for. Right now, there are going to be games, and, and we talked about this. In fact, it was the, it was the case for Chris Flexen, the guy that started the first game for the Mariners. He has a bad record, but he's gotten zero run support. I think in his in his eight losses, the team has scored six runs in the in those starts. Good luck. There's always going to be somebody. Jordan Zimmerman had a year like that where I think he was like 14 and 12, but with a with a you know mid two ZRA because he got no run support. There's always a bad luck guy, but Eric Fetty at this point is giving the team a chance to win 90% of the time when he goes out there. That's massive. Quick shout-out. Cade Cavalli left his last start in Rochester with an injury, and we were all panicking for a moment on social media having watched the highlight of that. Uh, it's a blister, as we found out soon thereafter, which is great news. I would imagine it means he won't pitch in the Futures game in L.A. I don't know that he's formally been removed from the roster as we're recording this right now, but... That is so much better than any of the alternatives because even here, though here. blisters can be a pain in the butt for pitchers, it's a lot better than anything with the arm or the shoulder or the elbow. So that is a really, really good sign uh, for Cade Cavalli and the Nationals. That is, that is relevant it. to this? No, it was. Okay. Uh, Darius was just showing me that I was right. It was 13 walks in that in that series for Bryce Harper. Validated. But that's not 13 relevant. 13 walks? And Look at you. Yeah. wasn't even 50. So I got that one right. But I also derailed the conversation about Cade Cavalli. 
it's it is really important that it's not something major. It, it might take time, and you might be one of those things that slows down the progress a little bit, which is frustrating for guys like you and me that just want to see him in the show. But it it is good news in a in a potential bad news pool. Tip of the cap, producer Darius, our research department here on Bustin' Loose Baseball for keeping us honest here. All right, we told you, you would get the latest on all the prospects at the top of the draft board. We're going to educate you on the high schoolers and the college players. So first up, let's talk about some of the best prep bats in the nation. All the kids who could hear their names called in the top five. Steve Bernard of Baseball Factory is as smart as anybody. Here was that chat with him. 